0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for the Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey everybody, I wanna preface that this is episode may not be appropriate for children. We're going to talk a lot about domestic abuse, domestic violence, um, all of those sort of things. And it's up to you as a parent, whether you decide that this is something that you want your children to listen to, but we're going to be talking about all sorts of kind of abuse from, you know, monetary to sexual, to physical, to emotional, to verbal, to all of those things. And it's really important that you be aware that we're going to have these conversations. I'm going to be sharing my own story of abuse and the things that I've gone through personally, but I am also going to be talking about the different kinds of abuse and different things that can go on because maybe you're like me. Maybe you grew up in a household where yelling and verbal abuse was normal and that you thought that was what happened with everybody. And that's what I thought when I actually got into my abusive relationship and he first used words as a weapon with me was the fact that, this is normal, right? I grew up in a household with where my parents often used words as weapons against each other and would say things that were not so kind to each other and I thought that that was normal and it wasn't and it took me a while to realize what was really happening. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about abuse, how there's different kinds of abuse. There can be financial abuse where somebody uses money as weapons against you, withholding money to make sure that you don't have enough, like you barely have enough to pay your groceries but you don't have enough to actually do anything else with and it's not the fact that you're broke, it's the fact that they're actually withholding money from you. That is a huge thing. Or they use money to manipulate you, like if only if you do this will I give you the money to do that. That sort of thing. It could be sexual where somebody um, forces you or coerces you into having sex with them even though you don't want to. This can happen in a marriage just because you're married to somebody does not mean that sex is something that is an automatic like they automatically get to have sex with you and that was one thing that I know um when I was a kid that I always thought that that you know not a kid but a teenager that automatically if you're married right you're supposed to have sex with your husband or wife but if you don't want to and they force that upon you that is rape that is not okay it doesn't matter if you're married or not married that is not okay so the next thing is verbal or emotional abuse where they're using words as weapons against you calling you names um, tearing you apart you know saying things that are unkind to you or you know making taking actions against you that will hurt you that will hurt your feelings that will make you feel those feelings that you don't want to feel physical physical it literally is what you physical um they slap you they hate you they throw you down the stairs they push you up against the wall all of those things are physical abuse you know and we only tend to think about physical abuse how that's the only that's the only existent right if somebody doesn't hit you then you weren't abused and that's complete bullshit like if somebody is verbally abusive or sexually or financially or emotionally or whatever it is that's abuse is abuse right Abuse is not okay. When you're in a relationship, a person is not supposed to make you feel less than or it's not supposed to make you feel bad about yourself. It's not going supposed to make you cry every day, that sort of thing. And it wasn't until last year, May of 2016, that I actually came to the realization that I was abused. Of course, I didn't realize the extent of my abuse until later on. But in May in 2016, I went to the first Modern Femme Convention, which we've mentioned on multiple um, episodes on here because I've had a lot of ladies that I've met through Modern Femme come on the podcast. And I was walking and seeing all the vendors and I came across Samaritan House and I'll link Samaritan House up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And I saw one of their banners and I said, I thought he killed my mommy. And I stopped dead in my tracks because that is what my daughter said to me when my ex shot off a gun in my house. You know, and you might be like, how did you not know that you're in an abusive relationship and your ex shot off a gun in your house? We will get to that. And I stopped and I said, that's me. And she's like, what do you mean that's me? And I said, that's what my daughter said to me when my ex shot off a gun in my house. And she's like, oh my gosh. And we talked and we talked and then I decided to sign up for the Samaritan House training so that I could help, you know, wherever they need help or whatever they might need help with, um, with Samaritan House. And so I signed up for their training and it was during their training, only a couple months later that I realized, holy crap, I have been a victim of domestic abuse since I was a child, literally. Watching my parents use words And actions and emotions against each other as weapons. And I would stay up late at night hearing them scream and yell at each other and call each other names. And, you know, there were times that they called us as children names and times that, you know, they said stuff to us that wasn't appropriate to say to your children. You know, my dad literally threw a full length mirror at my head when I was a kid, like as a teenager. I'm not even kidding you. And yet I had yet to realize that I was a victim of domestic abuse. That was something I was brought up with. It seemed normal. It seemed like that was the thing or whatever. That was just the way things were you know, that's just the way parents were because that's what I was brought up with. I didn't realize that that's not okay. Not everybody's life was like that. Not everybody went through those things. Not everybody had to deal with this sort of things that I dealt with growing up, you know, where my parents literally divorced and told me things about their relationship that no 13-year-old girl should know. You know, no 13-year-old girl should know who did what with whom and who did this and who cheated on who and, you know, who got a blowjob from who or any, any of that stuff. It it was not appropriate. Like, I, I shouldn't have known that. And that was definitely a form of abuse as well. Using me as a weapon against each other. Like, that was not okay. And there was so much that went on when I was a kid that I didn't even... Realized that that wasn't normal that wasn't when everybody else was wasn't everybody else dealing with their parents screaming and yelling at each other at night I mean they didn't normally do it in front of us they did it at night when we were supposed to be sleeping right wasn't that normal it's not normal and so when I got in my my relationship with my ex I didn't realize the first second third 25th time he treated me like that 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 wasn't a sign of love like Don't people who love each other talk to each other that way when they're angry? I mean, it's just a way of getting out aggression, right? No, that's not normal. And I highly, highly suggest that if you're somebody who has gone through something like this or you think you may have, to seek out counseling because counseling changed my life. Going through the relationship that I'm going to share with you literally brought me to my knees. It gave me so much baggage, so much baggage. I had not, not only did I have baggage from my childhood, but I had baggage from my relationship and I had never seen a counselor. I never sought out a counselor. You None of that. So I didn't even think to do that until I, like, literally almost took my life one day. And because I just, I thought the world would be better off without me. Like, who want this hot Mass Express, right? My, my family, my husband, my children would be better off without me. And so... I didn't realize and I had to go see account, seek out counseling to work through some of that. Now I realize counseling is one of the best tools ever. Um, and I actually, you know, just recently started seeing one again because um, my oldest daughter moved, you know, earlier this year and I needed to. Like, I just needed a little extra help. I needed to work through some feelings and, you know, not the way that a coach could help me, but a way that a counselor needs to help me. So I'm going to share with you guys and in- it's a little long, but I'm going to keep this under 45 minutes about my relationship. So, maybe you could see how it played out. Because if you're anything like me and you've never been in an abusive relationship, before I got into that relationship, I was one of those people who's like, I would never let a guy treat me like that. I would never do that. It would be bye, bye, bye. And he wouldn't, bye, bye, bye. He would never be a part of my life like I would never allow I've seen I saw people like get beat up I saw you know one time a girl like sought solace in the bar I was working at and I like had to stick up for her and her boyfriend literally dragged her out by the arm of you know out of the bar and I'm like I'd never let a guy do that below and behold that exact situation happened to me so You know, I was one of those people and I was like, I don't know how people could even end up in a relationship like that. Well, you can't unless you've ever, like, been that. And we're going to, you know, this month we featured a few other stories that I've touched on this. And I'm going to link up Felicia Ford's episode. Um, She's one of our earlier uh, podcast interviews and she talks about her relationship. But the thing I want you to be aware of is that it's not an overnight thing. It's not like your first date with a person. They slap you up or they call you a slut or they tell you how worthless you are. It is a gradual progression. And a lot of times they don't even realize what they're doing because they were brought up that way. That's how their household was managed. Like, you know, their dad treated their mom like that, you know, all of that. And they don't even realize how we are around our children growing up. If children are brought up in domestic abuse, domestic violence situations, then they are more likely to become abusers or be abused themselves when they grow up. It is just a fact. Uh, So definitely be cognizant of why your children are around. And I know that with my ex, he was in an explosive, abusive, you know, environment growing up. And that doesn't give an excuse for his behavior. But that definitely shows where he got it from, right? Including his addiction problems. So I met my ex because I was bartending at a bar. And he was a delivery boy and he would deliver my food and I would purposely order from this one place because I knew he'd be delivering it. He was like one of their main delivery boys who's super cute. He had like these really beautiful blue eyes, which my daughter has, those beautiful blue eyes. He had beautiful blue eyes and he would deliver. And, you know, he's kind of playing hard to get with me and we were seeing each other, but not like I was not his girlfriend. He made it very clear I was not his girlfriend. We were just hanging out, um, but he would call me all the time to rescue him in a way. Right. So I was in college and I'd get like a phone call or a texting like, "Hey, I'm having a really hard time to today." Like he had told me about how you know about his past and you know struggles with depression and all sorts of kind of things and how he used to be a drug addict, um, and he would say like, I'm having a really hard time. Can you come over and help me? And I'd be like, oh, yes, of course, because I am a helper. I'm a healer. I always have been growing up. That's just been a part of who I am forever and ever and ever and ever. So of course, I go over there and it started with like, I just missed one class. And then I missed a couple classes a week. And then I was missing like literally days worth of classes every week. And then I was literally not going to college anymore. Like, I felt like I needed to be there. I needed to help him. I needed to save him. I needed to be there. And yet, still, I did not have that elusive title of girlfriend. And he made it very clear to everybody it was not his girlfriend, which drove me absolutely bonkers crazy and of course I took him by his word until I actually you know slept with somebody else and he found out and then he screamed in my face and told me how big of a slut I was and and of course like I'm just like oh he's just acting out of anger like I had all these excuses in my head for this guy because he had a story right He had this sad story of all these things that he'd been through. And as somebody who'd been through a lot in my life, I could feel for him. Like, I wanted to heal him. I wanted to help him. I wanted to be there for him. And I was so blind to the fact that he was a raging alcoholic and had some major issues Because I thought that I could change him. I thought, I mean, literally when he moved into my apartment for a brief stint and he had to be at the liquor store as soon as it opened because he's literally shaking because of his addiction problems, I still didn't see it. And of course, I had like flunked out of college at this point in time. Everything was falling apart for me. And I was like, you know, what? I need to get away from here. So I moved down to you know with my grandparents to start over and you know I thought that my ex would come with me you know he'd eventually follow me down there we'd have a life together it'd be blah 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 amazing perfect and so I got away thinking that that's what was going to happen and while I was down there he decided to go back to college and he wasn't answering my phone calls by this time I had the title of girlfriend by the way I had achieved that level (laughs) As funny as that sounds. And I would call him and he wouldn't answer. I'd call him and he wouldn't answer. i call him and he would answer. And then finally a girl answered, right? This random girl. And it's like, I don't know who you are and hung up on me. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And so I'm driving myself crazy with all this stuff. I'm saving up my money to pay for him to come down and visit me, you know, via Greyhound bus You know, and after this chick answered the phone, I was like, I got to go up there. Like, I have to go up there and see him. I have to help him out. Obviously, he's struggling and he doesn't know how much, uh, how much I mean to him. And if he only sees me, he'll know how much I mean to him. Like, you got to understand that this is all developed over months. Like, I'm trying to cut a year's worth of information down into like 45 minutes and so I went up there and I went out for to dinner with one of my girlfriends and I came back and I couldn't find him. And I ended up finding him in the girl's room. Like, literally, this chick is married, her husband's in the military, and she is messing around with somebody else's man. Like, she has some issues. I really wish I could, like, contact her now as a military spouse and be like, you know what? Shame on you. You are, you are shameful. You are so shameful. Um. So anyways... You know, that's when I decided I had to move back up to New York because I could see he had the addiction. He was getting he was getting back into like drugs and doing popping pills and, you know, drinking heavily. And instead of like cutting ties at that point when I had like a, a job down near my grandparents and was doing really well and like getting back on my feet. And instead, like I was like, no, I got to move back up there. I have to save him. Right. I'm the only person that could save him. He's a hot freaking mess. So. I decide that my daughter and I are going to move. Mind you, I had a, I had a daughter from a pre- previous relationship before I got in this relationship with him. My daughter and I are going to move back up to there and I'm going to be there with him. And I moved into his parents' house. And, of course, he tells me, he's told me this, our entire relationship, I cannot have children. I'm not capable of having children. The doctor told me I couldn't have children. So, I go off my birth control thinking like, okay, he can't have kids if it happens, then I must be a miracle. It must be a miracle, baby. I'm just going on my birth control because I hated it. I was on the patch. If you were ever on the patch, it's the worst thing ever. Like it was just I can't. I I have a hard time remembering pills, so I went on the patch because just slap it on some fatty area in your body and you know just change it out. I think once every couple once every three weeks or whatever the problem is is like it would like literally take off some skin it was just awful so I moved back up there lo behold and I go off birth control and guess who gets pregnant within like a month me I do and so I'm like oh my god I'm pregnant um I didn't know I was pregnant at the time and it was around Christmas time and (laughs) I go to have Christmas dinner and my mom goes, man, Megan, your boobs are getting kind of big. And I was like, yeah, they're really sore too. And my mom's like, when was the last time that you had your period? And I was like, it's a little late. She's like, um, maybe you need to take a birth or pregnancy test. I was like, okay. So I take a pregnancy test and, um, lo and behold I'm pregnant right and at the time this time I had moved out of my ex's parents house because him and his dad got in a huge fight screaming match in front of me and my kid and you know I moved in with my sister but she wouldn't allow him to live there and so he was just staying wherever and um he calls me up like after I found out I was pregnant and he's screaming and he's cursing me out he's telling me how worthless I am and that the baby's probably not even his and blah 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 going on and on. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I cannot be part of this crazy train anymore. Now I'm going to have two kids to take care of and I can't have them participate in this anymore. Um, so that's what happened there. And, you know, I ended up breaking up with him well within a month or two, a couple months of living with my sister. And I started working again. I had all this stuff going on. I was pregnant, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) He comes back and he's like, I got sober and I want to marry you and I want to make this life for my baby and blah, 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 blah. And literally, did I not? I didn't, wasn't understanding of addiction at that point in time. And so I thought if you went into a weekend, you know, weekend long detox, yes, you're cured now. Everything's going to be great. So we were all good. And during the time I was pregnant with my daughter and we were back together, like, he didn't seem to be have as much of a problem, right? Like, he didn't have as much of a problem. And we were living this tiny little trailer that was, like, literally the size of half of a single wide trailer. It was tiny, 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 tiny little thing. And I was pregnant. But, like, that didn't... When me... When he was on drugs and, and drinking heavily, that's when he was at his worst with me. But that... It didn't stop. It just kind of slowed down. Um, when he was not actively doing drugs or drinking like it kind of slowed down where like I he would still upset me and say things that were hurtful and like made me cry so hard that I would throw up when I was pregnant with my daughter the only problems I had pregnant with her by the way and so I thought things were getting better and then I have our daughter and I had to have c-sections with all my children and they gave me percocets I want to say something really good some really good drugs and literally a week after I had my c-section the I was in so much pain and I try not to take painkillers if I I don't need them just because you, you know side effects whatever I go to look for these and they're gone and he explains to me oh I didn't know that you would need them so I took some and I sold some to my friends what you sold some of my drugs to my your friends like I can't do this anymore and so for the second time, I told him, I'm like, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he's like, it's just this environment that we're living in. I want to get us a better place. I found us a better place. That's where we're going to move in and everything's going to be better. So he's always promised me throughout our whole relationship that everything was going to get better. He was always going to get better. Everything was going to be better. So I was like, okay, so we move into this new house. He seems to be sober for the first like i don't i want to say like the first four months that we're there he sees you fine and in sober and then he decides to start brewing his own wine with grape juice he heard like if you use grape juice and yeast you can brew your own wine and i'm like why would somebody who has a drinking problem brew their own wine and he was just like oh if it was a social thing if i don't do the drugs and i'm drinking i'm fine and of course i'm like you know, right in it. And I'm like, oh, okay, everything's going to be great. You know, I had your baby and, you know, everything's going to be fine. And we're buying this house and, you know, we had this money for the down payment of the house and everything. So I was like super excited and everything was going to be all better, right? Everything was gonna be better. We're going to buy this house. We're going to get married and blah, 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 blah. Everything's going to be great. So he starts brewing his own wine and then he's coming home drunk all the time. And then <laughs> he starts snorting coke again and is doing it in our house with people I know literally I got I didn't get pulled over I was in the car with somebody who got pulled over as they we're leaving the bar and they had the coke on them and they were getting coke so they could bring it back and do it with my then fiance and I I was just like at that point We had a baby, you know. I wasn't even working because he thought it'd be best if I stayed home with the baby because we only had one vehicle and how was I gonna get to work and who was gonna take care of the baby? So he convinced me it was the best if I stayed home with the baby and my daughter, my oldest daughter. Um, because otherwise, like, who was going to take care of the baby and how I was going to get to work and all this nonsense, which was really bullshit. Like, I could have easily worked. We could have easily figured it out. I could have worked when he wasn't workin- working and all that good jazz. Like, there would be people to take care of the baby. But he- I had been a convinced. Because, like I said, it was a slow process, of course, where I was independent, confident, um, you know, confident but still had low self-esteem. Uh, girl, woman girl woman <laughs> I was like a young in my early 20s to like now we're talking we're talking a year and a half later over a year and a half later almost two years later two years later that I have slowly been torn apart you know because it words even though he didn't lay hands on me his words chipped away at me it chipped away at my soul and I was slowly being like Distance between all of those people I love and care about, like my family, because he had convinced me, like, I can't be around your mom because she likes to drink beer. And for me as an alcoholic, it's hard for me to be around people who are drinking because it makes me want to drink too. And I had been convinced that, oh my gosh, yes, we can't be around my mom because she's, she drinks. And that's a problem. She wouldn't even, He wouldn't even let my mom hold our baby if she had one beer, mind you. Like, it was just ridiculous. Ridiculous things I look back now and I'm like, how stupid was I? But it was a slow process of him tearing me apart and convincing me of the fact that he was right and he had all the answers and everything was going to happen. So we're in this house and suddenly he and he's back doing drugs and he's drinking and he's having problems with his, his job because of course he's drinking and doing drugs. That's going to make a problem. Um, I'm pretty sure he had been cheating on me. Uh, no concrete evidence on that and he denied it and denied it and denied it but there, all the all the red flags were there all of them were there and so mind you he had cheated on me multiple times before that And so we were in this house and suddenly he comes to me and he says, oh, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, the people who own the house, are giving us a really hard time about buying this house. Now they're going back on their word and they're saying um, they have a different buyer and they're not being able to sell it to us and blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of baffled because I met these people and they seemed very nice and very accommodating. And they really wanted us to be able to have this house because, you know, we had a family and everything. And, like, even his mom, my ex's mom knew these people and they seemed super nice and they seemed very accommodating. And she had said the same thing. And so, we were kind of wondering, like, wh- why why are they being mean now? Like, they seemed fine before. And so, he tells me they're, they're not going to let us buy the house, They're blah, blah, blah. Um, so I found us a new place we're going to move into the new place but we have to move in with the next couple weeks because um, they're they're going to make somebody else buy this house and we're going to have to get out and blah 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 little did I know (laughs) that the reason that we couldn't buy the house was not because the people were assholes it is because my ex had spent most of our money that was in the bank account for our down payment on the house on drugs and alcohol not even kidding you So, he uses the rest of that to start, uh, what's it called, a land contract. I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with that, but it's like you pay a certain amount and then you you pay a certain amount down, kind of like you would buying a house. And then you pay every month kind of like rent, you know, but that rent is going towards you paying off the house. So, if you fall back on that contract the person takes back the house unlike if you fall back on a mortgage the bank's going to take your house um so it's kind of a way for somebody to sell their house without actually having to go through a mortgage and all that but it can be a little bit harder um than doing the mortgage and everything like that because you're slowly getting the money versus getting it all up front anyways so we move into this house it should have been condemned oh my god i call it the house of horrors so, so much. I'm having a hard time not crying, just picturing it in my head. It was missing flooring everywhere. It had no flooring. It had plywood floors, right? It did not have any heat and we moved into it in February. I want to say it was February. Yeah. No. April. April. April in upstate New York because it was after my daughter's birthday, my oldest daughter's birthday. So it was... April in upstate New York which is still not warm like new upstate New York does not get warm until like June so it's still cold Um, we don't have any heat because there is no heater so we're using space heaters in all rooms we only have enough hot water in our hot water tank for us to take about five minute showers Uh, and for us to fill up the bathtub like a little bit for the kids to take a bath some of the upstairs walls were missing missing the walls the walls were literally missing they did not exist there uh part of the roof was missing literally so one time I tried to go up in the attic and bird shit dried bird shit rained down on my head how gross is that because the very end part um of the 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 roof like the end cap I guess like you would call it of the roof was missing in one area so all these like birds had shit everywhere it was awful um, we had no stove like we had to use a microwave like this place should have been condemned nobody should have been living in it it was obviously in the middle of being remodeled or whatever when the person decided to do land contract on it um, and you know now people live there and I'm sure they remodeled it and they did everything it could have been a beautiful home and my ex had convinced me it was going to be a beautiful home he had convinced me of the vision of the fact that it was going to be a beautiful home um, and my family, when they came, were shocked. Like, how could you be living in this 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 place? Like, how could you be living in this shithole? Like, how could you be living here with your children? Literally, I was watching my niece for my sister, and at one point in time, they told me I couldn't watch my niece anymore because her ex had come into my house and was like, "My daughter is not hanging out here. Like, my daughter is not going to be in here. Like, this is shithole." And I was so upset and heartbroken. I was like, how can they take my niece away from me? Nobody's going to love her like me and I take good care of her and stuff. But like looking back, I can't be shocked. Like, of course, like, of course they would take her away from me like and not want me to watch her. But I didn't, I didn't think about all of the things that, you know, all the things that were going on. I was too far gone. I had no idea and it was barely hanging on you know when at that time my ex he had now you know now he lived close to a drug dealer and now he's doing drugs all the time and he tried to bring drugs in my house because he was going to deal it and he was going to um he was going to make us money and make our money back and all of this stuff where I'm like no you're not bringing drugs in my house like drugs are not happening they're not coming in my house like you cannot have drugs in my house Like, I can't stop you from what you're doing, but I can stop you from bringing drugs into my house. It's not going to happen. And it progressed and it progressed where, you know, there were nights that he wouldn't come home or nights he would come home drunk, not drugs. And we'd end up having sex even though I didn't want to have sex, you know, because he'd be forceful about it. And he was forceful when we were having sex. It It was not comfortable and it was very uncomfortable and it was hard for me. Um, it was just, and the, the verbal and emotional abuse, like kept going, kept going and kept going. I mean, at this point in time, I had no self-esteem. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't want to live anymore. The only thing I was living for were my kids. Like, but in my wedding, my wedding was coming up. I forgot to mention my wedding was coming up, right? It was coming up soon. And I was planning for the wedding because I thought that once we got married, he would stop all of it and everything would be okay. But he didn't stop it and he and everything wasn't okay. So there I was. I was preparing for this wedding. I was planning it all out, living in a house that should have been condemned. I had lost the ability to wash my niece and it wasn't even in my head like the fact that my life had just become in like three years had become complete shit. Complete shit. So. One night, my ex invites me to go over to his drug dealer's house. Um, his mom had taken our girls for the night and taken our daughter and taken my oldest daughter for the night, and we were going to go and hang out with his his friends, which I knew was key for his drug dealer. We were going to go and, and hang out at their house, and we get there, and, and we're sitting down, and this guy looks really familiar to me, and he was like, Megan? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Oh my gosh, how are you? And I was like, I'm looking at him like, I cannot put your name with a face. And my ex had gone into the other room. and He's like, you don't remember who I am, do you? And I was like, not really. And he's like, well, we had slept together one time. And of course, I was just like, yes, I remember you now. (laughs) Of course, you know, back in my wild college days. Of course, I remember you. And he was like, well, it looks like you're doing really well now. And I said, yeah, can you please not tell my fiance about us sleeping together? And he's like, yeah, but you weren't with him when that happened. I'm like, yes, but I know how he is. And if he finds out that we slept together, even though it was way before he came along, that I'm going to have to pay for that later. He's like, okay, okay, I understand. And we're all drinking and hanging out. And then we all decide to go to the Bar and and I'm sitting at the bar while everybody goes and does whatever and you know I'm just having a good time chatting with the bartender she was you know one of my friends and you know dancing around and having fun because I'm a goofball and I I like to have fun and I was like okay I'm gonna have fun because he's having fun and you know everybody goes outside to do their drugs probably and I'm sitting in there with her and we're just talking casually and then we hear the door slam and. I just knew like I knew that he was coming in for me and he just started screaming at me about how I'm such a slut and how I can't keep keep it to myself and like I know like what is coming and I was just like but I was before you came along he's like it doesn't matter I can't believe I'm gonna marry somebody who's gotten around so much who's been with so many people. You are just not the woman I thought you were. I can't believe that you're my child's mother. And she's going on and on and on and on. And then he grabs me by the arm and he drags me out of the bar by my arm because the bartender said, you can't talk to her like that. You need to leave. You need to go. And of course, he drags me out with him. And we get outside and he's just like in my face and he's screaming at me like, and he's like we're going home now and he's dragging me all the way home along with him and I'm crying and I'm like so upset and I'm like I'm so sorry I didn't know something that I did years ago would you know affect me now and I didn't sleep with him and of course like me now is like you shouldn't have any explaining to do with him it's not like you cheated on him this was before he came along but me then was like upset and I was heartbroken I'm like please don't leave me like please don't leave me like I don't, I don't want this to, or we're supposed to get married in a couple weeks. Like literally in three weeks we were supposed to get married. And so he's like, I don't even know if I want to marry you now. You're such a slut. Like all this stuff. And then we got home and he starts throwing shit at my head. Like throwing chairs at my head and knick, knickknacks at my head and smashing things and shoving me up against the wall and, and pushing me and, you know, slapping me and, all of those things where I'm just like I can't I can't do this anymore like I can't I can't live like this anymore and so I'm so upset and I start to go upstairs and pack my stuff of course I knew I wasn't leaving because when have I ever left him every time I've left I've come back so it was just my way of like trying to be like please stop yelling at me and I started packing my stuff well the next morning I was like I can't keep doing this we're supposed to get married in, in three weeks and he was like I just can't believe that I'd be marrying somebody who has has done that and I was like I'm sorry that happened before you came along and he's like okay he's like well I'm sorry for everything that happened last night and of course one of a million apologies he's ever given me like he's apologized for everything all the time but apologies mean nothing because he just goes back and does it again right so I'm thinking at the time I had called his mom and was like you know I don't know if the girl should come yet I don't know what's going on this is what happened last night and she's like oh I'm so sorry I can't believe he'd do that and then I call her later and I was like everything's good you can bring the girls back blah 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 um and she does and then he comes back and he is on something probably drunk I have no idea he was out of his freaking mind he had a new tv uh why we didn't need a new TV we needed a freaking house a new TV and he's screaming at me about how worthless I am like how he's talked to everybody and they can't believe what kind of woman I am and that he deserves better and I'm like yeah it's probably his whores who are telling him he deserves better right these women that he's been cheating on me with but he, he deserves better and he should call off the wedding and he shouldn't be with me and I'm like well the wedding's in three weeks like you know you promised me things would get better and everything like that and then, you know, this is kind of a blur. Like, this all is kind of a blur now. Like, I don't remember what the exact things that happened were. It happened so fast. It happened so fast where I ended up, I know I called my sister. And I told my sister, I can't live like this anymore. He had, like, snapped at my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, and said something really awful. And I sat her next door to play because, like, you know, like, I need you out of this house. You can't be around this right now and so part of me I think had said like I knew that it was going to turn it was no longer going to be aimed at me that he was going to start going after the kids or at least my oldest daughter maybe never the baby because that was his biological daughter but he was going to have to start going after the kids and I couldn't do that I couldn't allow that to happen so I called my sister and I said I have to get out of this house like this is what happened I need you to come get me and she was at work and she's like okay I'll I'll come get you I'll come get you right now and so he's she, she comes and uh he hops on his in his car and it's gonna go and he's drunk and whatever and he said you know you we're gonna call the cops on you you can't be driving around drunk you're out of your freaking mind so he comes in and he stomps upstairs and her and I start gathering stuff so that I can go and live with her and move with her and or not move with her but like go with her like leave I didn't know where I was gonna go I was, technically going to be homeless because I didn't know if anybody would take me in and take the kids in but I knew I had to get out and he goes upstairs and the next thing we know we hear a gun get shot off in the house he shot off a gun in my house I thought he was going to kill me I thought I was dead I seriously thought I was dead or he was dead somebody was dead something was going to happen so stupid me runs upstairs to check to see if he's okay which was probably the stupidest thing because he could easily shot me if he wanted to and then he leaves he runs he runs outside because my sister's like i just called the cops like they're on their way like you know this is not gonna happen anymore like the cops are on their way And so he runs out of the house, the cops show up, they go on a one hour manhunt for him. I wasn't allowed to leave the house of horrors. I wasn't because they didn't know where he was. They didn't know if he had more weapons, if he was going to shoot me, like what was going on. Um, My oldest daughter comes running over from the neighbors after like when the cops were had gone after him and said, Mommy, I thought he killed you. And that's when I was like, holy shit like how bad did things have to go where she hears a gun mine we live in a town it's not even like this is the country where it's like the only house around it's in a town you hear a gun go off which could have easily been like the neighbor over or the neighbor over that whatever that you think he has killed my mommy she saw so much that I couldn't even realize that she thought that he had killed me so they get him and they take him away and he goes to a halfway house, I believe, and gets help or whatever. And everybody's blaming me and everybody's telling me what a horrible person I am for leaving him in this time of need because he is an addict and he needs help. And I was like, I need to get out. Like, I need to get away from this. Like, I can't participate in this anymore. I can't be a part of this anymore. No more. I can't do it. So I did. I I. My sister took me in, which I'm so grateful for and I could never. So if you're listening, Anna, I love you. Thank you. Um, And my mom helped pay some of my bills until I could get back on my feet. So thank you, mom. I know you listen to the podcast. Uh, But either way, even if I hadn't had those people to help take care of me, I knew I had to go. Like even if I was going to have to go to like a homeless shelter and I was going to have to go to to the social services and and get help getting back on my feet... I knew I had to go and I knew I had to get my kids out of that. Like I had to get my kids out of that. But even at that time, I did not register the fact that I was part of a domestic violence situation through the verbal, the years and years of verbal abuse while he was drinking and doing drugs. And then the, the throwing stuff at me and the shoving me up against the wall and the slapping me and all of that stuff. Like, that didn't even register in my head because it was one night, right? The physical part was one night. And I didn't think about the sexual aspect because I was, he was my fiance, right? If he wanted sex, even if I didn't want it, he should be able to get it, right? Even if I didn't want to, even if it was forceful, even if it hurt me, then he should still get it. All of these pieces I didn't even realize were a part of me. And the shooting off a gun in the house, like, of course, that was some... Screwed up shit right there. That is, it just is. And yet I didn't see what it did to me. So I share this in hopes that I can show people that it's not an overnight thing. Even though I had to squish it into 45 minutes, it was not an overnight thing. It was a scary thing and it was progressive. And the first time he called me this, the first time he told me I was worthless, and the first time I didn't leave. And that should have been my sign because somebody who loves you won't talk to you like that. My husband now. Um, who I met months, or only a couple months after leaving my ex. And most wonderful man has never called me a slut. He has never told me I was worthless. He's gotten mad at me and said things to me, but he's never said anything hurtful or hateful like that. You know, there's not a time I can remember of him being hurtful or hateful. Like, he's never tried to tear me apart. He's never tried to me make, make me feel less than. You know, he's never laid hands on me. Even when... I had some serious issues when we first got together and I did some whacked out shit. He did never told me, like he never laid hands on me. He was never mean to me. Um, If anything, when we first got together, I was verbally abusive towards him because I was hurt. Hurt people hurt people. I was hurting. I'd been through a lot. I didn't know how to express my feelings. I didn't know how to express all the anger and the baggage and everything like that. So I took it out on him. So if anything, in the beginning of our relationship, I was verbally abusive towards him because that's how I was taught to express anger. That's how I was taught to express rage and, and to express hurt. It was to take it out on other people and lash out on other people. And it took counseling for me to realize that I have to take ownership of my own feelings and I have to be able to take care of those. So I hope this story helps you. I hope you'll will seek out help if you are in a situation and I have attached a lot of resources in the show notes. If you're in a situation, a domestic violence situation and you need help, please seek out resources. Um, And this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Please share, share with your friends and family. You know, share this podcast episode, share the ones this month, like the one next week with Nisha Himes from Grow Foundation. You spread awareness, let people know that, Domestic violence is not just physical. And let them know that it's not okay for somebody to lay hands on you or tell you you're worthless or make you feel less than. It's not okay. And I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful day. Um, Please continue to share on the podcast. And if there's anything that you want specifically to be talked about, please let me know. Uh, Email me at info at inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And join us in the Inspired Women community and talk and have these conversations because this is an important topic for all women and men, but the community is only for women. Because as women, when we come together and collaborate, collaborate, we can be really powerful. And women are more open and vulnerable when they are talking with other women. So I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.